Welcome to the Parent Matters Podcast, where we help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of parenting and equip you with tools to confidently parent your children. I'm Susan Stutzman, and today we're continuing our series on childhood ADHD. For the last two weeks, we've talked about supporting a child with ADHD diagnosis to cultivate healthy relationships at home and at school. And today, we'll be talking specifically to caregivers about supporting your child for successful social engagement. And to help me do that, I want to welcome back John Case, a child therapist here at Kid Matters. Welcome, John. Well, thank you. It's wonderful to be back, and it's a great opportunity to dive deeper into some of these issues that impact, in a very meaningful way, kids with ADHD. Yeah. Often we hear about those you know, basic um, characteristics of these kids, but what do you do with them? And you know, going a little deeper into some of these important areas is important. Mm, Yes. So thank you. Thank you so much for lending your time. Um, I know everyone listening to this is going to glean some um, really great nuggets from today. And we're going to talk about supporting a child with ADHD. um, But first, I want to say I know for many parents, there can be quite an intensity that their children bring to social settings. Um, especially kiddos with um, ADHD. So I'm curious if before we jump into how to support your ADHD diagnosed child for successful social engagement, if we can talk a bit about the parents' feelings and possible concern about the amount of energy or or uh, if I can say muchness, um, their child may bring to a relationship and how to think through inhibiting impulses and the impact those impulses may have on other children in social settings. Yeah, you're referencing something that comes hard to our kids with ADHD, and that is um, that they might engage in silly or impulsive behaviors um, that are stigmatizing, mm-hmm. frankly, yeah. and um, and this can be off-putting both to the peers and the parents of those kids who might be supervising that yeah. play encounter, mm-hmm. and um, and you worry as a parent, like you know, do they, you know, show enough positive interaction and friendship that maybe they. They might not be invited back yeah, or, yeah. or you're worried about your child standing mm-hmm. in the social world. You want them to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And it can really rub um, relationships into attention, especially with adults. Right. And so um, as we talk about these social um, engagement And the challenges and how as a parent or a caregiver to support children to be successful, especially when they are dealing with um, different ADHD symptoms. Can you um, can you just as we're going along, maybe touch on um, not only ways that parents can support the children, but also support themselves? Because I know this is this is this can be a real deep, um, deeply felt um, uh, and potentially ostracizing part of the ADHD diagnosis for a child and family. Right. Um, parents often blame themselves, of course, mm-hmm. and that's going to do no, nothing good for anyone. Um, it's not your fault. 
Um, and it's something that um, th this child is going to work it out and they're going to be successful. But we have to take a breath as a parent and realize it is really hard. And sometimes we're really unhappy with the way things are going and the amount of stress we have. Um, but don't um, feel guilty. Don't feel like it's your responsibility, like you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. um, you need support. Mm -hmm. um, you need to have at least a couple people that you can confide in and share openly your feelings of discouragement at times. And, yeah. and they can give you some feedback. Um, hopefully, it'll be positive. Yeah. And, and I remember um, in our first podcast when we talked about parenting and caregiving with the ADHD child um, a little bit as well. You mentioned a resource, Chad, yes, um, that has actually uh, put together, like you can put in your zip code and find um, support groups for Absolutely. parents. Um, yeah. Because so, again, right, like your, your kiddo may not, ha you may not have a large um, amount of ADHD kids in the same grade or um, in your social circle, but that doesn't mean that you can't find resources or support groups to right. help. And the good thing about that organization is it's just it's not just support, but there's also some education and learning about what might work or not work. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Well, John, let's jump into our topic today, supporting your child for successful social engagement. What are the things you want parents and caregivers to know? Yeah, thank you. Um, we're going to walk through a few things today. And the first thing I want to talk about is topic maintenance. Okay, can you describe what that means? Um, I know both the words, but together, help me understand what you're, what you're trying to get at. So a conversation is, is, is two people or more building um, blocks that are coherent and connected to each other. Okay. And um, and they work off of each other. So like, hi, how are you? Exactly. And My name is so-and-so. How are you today? What is your name? And then right. we go back and forth. So it's almost right. like a banter. Right. Um, our kids sometimes might have some thought, random thought in their head, and they're impulsive, and they might notice something that's not even a part of the conversation we're having, and they might interject that. Um, a lot of times, the repetitive, silly phrases even, and um, if one or, once or twice is okay, but then the peer might look at them and say, like, come on, you know, like, why do you keep doing that? It's so annoying. Okay, so, um, yeah, because I, I, thank you for clarifying that, too, because sometimes I have a thought or something pops up, you know, it's like, it's not like, look, there's a bird, or but it's almost kind of like, you <laughs> right. know, like my kid is running away, or um, maybe there's a car, you know, so like we have, but I can come back to the topic at hand and maintain or come right. back into it. So you're talking about being able to carry on a conversation almost without too much distractibility, or if they do get distracted, to actually come back. Yes. Yeah, so being able to filter the thoughts a little bit and say, does this belong in the conversation or not? Mm -hmm. And then making that decision correctly. Okay. Um, and then also being attuned enough to the other person 
that you're, and of course, this is developmentally um, different for, you know, a different age groups. Sure, sure, but sure. But ultimately, as we get older with the kids with ADHD, the capacity to be attuned enough to realize, you know, what kind of comments are deepening the dialogue between the two people mm-hmm. and ones that um, also are helpful and supportive and connective to the other person um, yeah. based on being aware of what's going on in with that person and between those people. Um, and so you're talking about developmentally appropriate abilities, not necessarily that they're going to be at a 12-year-old level when they're sick. Absolutely. Right? They might not be able to carry on an extended conversation, but they are able to carry on a conversation, maybe that's a minute or two, with eye contact, with being able to maintain right. what is going on. Right. Okay. And, and you bring up eye contact. And of course, that is the hallmark of of feeling like someone's listening to you. Yes. A lot of our kids cannot maintain the eye contact. I know. Even on this podcast, like we have microphones set next to each other um, for listeners that aren't watching us. You know, there's like, you know, we've had to actually contort the microphone so we can see each other because we're having a conversation versus just sitting and looking mm-hmm. and being distracted. Right. And that's really important. Right. right. And kids, I'm talking about developmentally from a very early age, can sense, you know, by the lack, absence, or by the presence of that eye contact, how much connection is occurring. Sure, sure, yeah. What is one thing that you specifically would say that parents could do to cultivate topic maintenance? In the family, um, you can begin at a very early age having simple conversations that are directed towards the interests of your kids and um, help them realize what fits and what doesn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and say, oh, I wasn't expecting to hear about um, the circus when we were talking about our trip to downtown today. <laughs> or, <you know. laughs> yeah, it's not a shaming statement. It's just, oh, I wasn't expecting to hear that. And then helping them in a playful way say, I wonder if what would go, you know, with our conversation would talking about what to do on the car ride or thinking about the circus, or, right. um, you know, getting a drink of water right now, Be which one would be maybe the next thing that we talk about in this conversation? Right. right. Another thing I've done with some kids is a little activity where we have a bucket of blocks, and um, we start by, I'll introduce a topic to a seven-year-old boy. Did you see the baseball game yesterday? Put the block down. Okay. And then they have to respond on topic. If they do respond on topic, they get to put a block on top of my block. Ooh, okay. And um, and then I respond. If I'm on topic, I get to put it on top of their block. Mm-hmm. So we build about watching the baseball game. Now, it's okay to change topics, mm-hmm. but we both have to agree to change the topic. Okay. Um, it's not just unexpected, off-putting. You yeah. Know, like, and, if you, and, then, and then just follow that through a little bit for me. So if you, if let's say I started talking about the circus and we were, t- we had been building like five blocks up yeah. about the baseball game, what, what would happen with those blocks? Well, we would leave them on the table and then, and then when we're ready to move on, we could build another 
But if I just hour. interjected about the circus, I don't get to place a block or I... Um, oh, if you interject, then then we have to start at another... Pile. Pile. Okay. But the you goal know. is to get it... Yeah, yeah. See, let's see how nine. many interchanges we can create. Cool. That's yeah. a great way to teach topic maintenance. Um, so I know you also were going to talk to us a little bit about um, social awareness and perspective taking... Um, you know, when I think of this, I think of this big concept called theory of mind, mm-hmm. being able to actually put oneself in another person's shoes or to think, you know, if there's a box of Band-Aids there, that there could be something else in that box versus the Band-Aids. Right, right. right. Um, and so can you can you t- uh, just talk a little bit about why this is important and why kids with ADHD often struggle with social awareness and how to cultivate that. Yeah. Well, so as adults, we know that to the extent that you can understand me and that I feel understood, I will have a much more positive connection and mm-hmm. and desire to want to see you again yeah. and more, <laughs> right? Sure. Yes. Uh-huh. So um, if we take that idea the more that we can understand another person, that we can ask questions like, so we might want to teach our kids to think, you know, like, well, what does Jimmy like to do? Mm. Um, what are his interests? Um, what questions could you ask him about that to have him talk about his interests? So exploring that area is g- going to be a rich source of deepening the conversation and having the other person feel understood and seen for my interests and preferences. I just had this image when you were talking about parents sitting with their children and helping them through this encounter through these social times. And oftentimes I think um, as parents, perhaps we might think, oh, a play date is going to be less of us being involved and they're going to figure mm-hmm. it out. But I think it's important to just note that we, whether your child has ADHD or not, it's helpful to model how to do this appropriately. And sometimes that looks like sitting on the floor and, and practicing with another child or practicing with your child just like you said with the blocks. Right, right. And it doesn't have to be like in a strenuous, like now we're right. going to learn this. Mm-mm. It can be in a fun, yeah. engaged way. And and you might find that this also <laughs> builds your relationship with your child. Yeah, like Legos, you know, for instance, right? Like if I don't have, if my kiddo has ADHD and I don't have Legos, but his friend Jimmy loves Legos, right? If I got even a little set of Legos or we started, I got a book at the library about Legos, then we could actually have something to offer if we were having a back and forth conversation in our topic, um, in our topic maintenance, right? Right, right. And, um, and then that would lead into being socially aware, like he's talking about Legos. Right. So I... You know, and I know something about Legos. He probably wants to talk about this. Maybe I can then say, let's play Legos. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> or show me your Legos. <laughs> right, right. And it, and also, again, 
um, helps the child be more attuned when they're thinking about like what are the other person's interests and and if you're learning about them like you suggested getting a book then they're like oh I get that where this is going there's a purpose to this and mm-hmm. um, it's very building yeah because I mean that is how we build relationships right like I if I'm not good if I don't love something or I'm not totally interested in something um, but I I really enjoy being with another person mm-hmm. um, I often will then try to read up or understand more about a topic that, that is important to them yeah absolutely so yeah and then um, and then as your child inevitably, um, makes mistakes, you know, and brings up topics that are off or can't sustain the dialogue, you know, you can um, help them be aware of that that's difficult for them too. Yeah. You know? And I will say, I will say one thing that as you're saying this, you know, that I find really helpful with parents and kids um, through helping them with this social mm-hmm. component um, is to ha- pick a time maybe to practice this, not do it all the time or just, you know, um, at random times, because that can add to tension in the parent-child dynamic. Um, if you're always correcting or you're saying, where did that go off course, right? Just like if I was always having a confrontational conversation right, with right. a friend, right? And never just having fun or never just allowing them to be silly or say something 10 times, right? But but actually having a, a specific time to work on some of these things. Yeah, having in some order boundaries around it. You know, yeah. and reading your child too. Is this a pleasant experience for yeah. them? Sometimes the child is naturally curious and and is like fine with it. Yeah. But other kids, you know, like you know, they're more rigid and yeah. it's a little more difficult for them to receive any feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And so knowing your child, no, no, that's that's helpful. Is there anything else that you think would be um, helpful for caregivers who are supporting their children um, in really making this social engagement? and friendships work that we should know. Yeah. So um, obviously we've been talking about social skills sort of working within the family and Mm -hmm. building those, Mm -hmm. but then working on social skills um, just for use with the other child. And then another kind of social skills is self-regulation skills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... um, Because if, like if... Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, just to... I was trying to put my block on before <laughs> before you were done with your block. <laughs> we all do that, don't we? We're all we all have to kind of like be aware. I was like, I got it, I got it, I right. understand. Okay, so keep going. <laughs> most people are you, to your point. Most people are always thinking about what they're going to say next, mm. rather than truly listening to the other person. Oh my goodness! Case some in of point. <laughs> some of us are more you know, better adept at kind of hiding that and, yeah. you know, coming off in a socially competent manner. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of the human nature. Yeah, I grew up in a family with uh, so many children and it was kind of like whoever talks um, the loudest, you know, uh-huh. gets heard. And so it almost like, it's not that it was an ADHD environment at all, but it was, but I feel like sometimes, oh my goodness, I see that trait in myself you know, I can I can socially pull back and like do see different things, um, and I don't and I don't 
as far as I know, um, have ADHD. But I will say that I struggle with, like, I'm so excited to share something that I often butt sure. in. Right. And we all do that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's normal. Thank you. Thank you for normalizing <laughs> who I am. But t- can you talk a little bit more about then self-regulation skills? Because yeah, yeah. Oh, before we get to the self-regulation, just uh, we had been talking about um, social skills. And, and one more thing about that before we get to the self-regulation mm-hmm. um, would be, you know, developing little scripts to help your child be successful. Um, you know, when we talked about introducing each other, um, you know, have some ready-made phrases, um, you know, maybe you've talked about the fact that they like Legos and, yeah. you know, so, you know, don't forget to ask about their Legos. Um, make sure that you're taking turns, making sure that you're sharing the time. Um, you know, if you're going to um, choose a game, make sure that you they also choose a game. Mm-hmm. You know, so having some little rules and scripts to go along yeah. to make those encounters more successful. Yeah. No, that's that's helpful. And I think, too, uh, you know, depending on the age of the kiddo, um, helping them to kind of think through what are some things that we can remember and maybe having it in their pocket so they can kind of they can, you know, kind of reference it if they're if they are feeling stuck or if they're like, you know, Jimmy was only wanting to play this game and he's not listening to me and I've been listening to him and, you know, different things um, different scripts. Right? That could be frustrating, right? It can be really frustrating. And that leads us right into the self-regulation. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. um, so with self-regulation, um, a lot of times our kids, you know, as we said, they're impulsive. Yeah, I think of self-regulation and, as like, you know, like, I want to say something, I want to say something, you know, and I'm like, I'm dancing around like, come on, see me. I'm right. ready to ask my question, but right. I'm moving my hands and I'm not asking my question, right? Like, even though that, that might be distracting. It is. I'm regulating myself to hold it in right. while I'm waiting my turn. Right. Is right. that what you're talking about, or are you talking about something else? Well, I'm I'm talking about that, but also more importantly, I think is sometimes um, you know losing control to the point where I'm so upset with with something that I lash out mm-hmm. or um, you know like, well, I'm not going to play, you know, because I'm frustrated. Um, you know, again, our kids. You know, not all, I don't want to categorically say this, but sometimes our kids struggle, you know, with disappointment and may lash out um, or shut down um, and sometimes um, not manage well their frustration. Yeah. And um, so they need some assistance and with self-regulation skills. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously the first step with that would be, you know, to be able to recognize how they're feeling. Yeah. Because if they're not aware that their tension is increasing, that they're getting more upset, then there's nothing that they can do if they're not aware. Sure. You know, being able to take a break, you know, to say, hey, I need to get a drink of water or uh, maybe I can go use the bathroom or... It's hard, I think, at times to think of everything to do to regulate. And so one of the things that I like to do, um, especially when teaching this with kiddos, is to arm parents and children with multiple ways to regulate and so they can practice and find the ones that work best for them so that they have them in their pocket, right? So like taking a break, taking a drink of water, taking a deep breath, right? Those are ones that I 
that I do, but that might not be what a child needs, right? Like a child may need jump up and down 10 times, twirl around seven times, um, you know, punch the air two times or 20 times or whatever. I know like there are a lot of different resources out there Mm -hmm. for parents that can um, teach wiggle activities or brain breaks or, I mean, there's lots of different words for this, right? And so it can be really helpful if we arm our parents with ways, parents and caregivers, um, with ways in which to cultivate this at home so that it's not you only do this in social settings. But no, we do this all the time or we practice it even when right. we're not at our wits end or when we don't need to regulate, right? So these are things that help us feel better. And regulation really is getting a child back into balance because it's like they're too too expended mm-hmm. or they're, they're, mm-hmm. just, they're just too far gone. So we want them to feel balanced. We don't want them to f- not feel the feeling, right? But right. they want to be able to get back in and socially engage. Yeah, and as you point out, these are skills that can be used in multiple environments, mm-hmm. you know, and are especially um, helpful in a pure interaction. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I just want to um, stop here just for a second and just say that um, – The topics discussed on this podcast should be considered a matter of personal opinion. They don't reflect professional advice. If you or your child is in need of mental health counseling support, please search out a licensed counselor because this podcast is not mental health counseling. We're mental health counselors, but for the sake of what we're doing, we're having a conversation a banter back and forth, if you yeah, will. Yeah, and these are some general ideas. We That's don't know right. your child. That's right. We do not know your child. But we do have a lot of great resources. We have a page um, on our website on ADHD of different things, um, resources and um, ways to spot ADHD. And sometimes um, it can be hard to connect with your child. And so I want to take a sponsor break and just say that um, many parents and caregivers who struggle to feel connected to their children because of busyness and work often forget to take time to connect with their kiddos. Did you like that little pause there, John? Yeah. Take time. Um, that's why we've put together a free five-day parent challenge where I, Susan Stutzman, will send you five emails with each each day um, with high-impact, easy-to-do activity so that you can do five minutes of meaningful connection with your kiddo for five days in a row. If you want to take this challenge, go to kidmatterscounseling.com backslash challenge And find some new ways to have big smiles, laughter, and connection. Again, that web web address is kidmatterscounseling.com backslash challenge. And um, we wish you many moments of meaningful connection with your kiddos. John, we've talked about a lot today. What is one thing over these past three weeks that you think that if parents take nothing else with them that you would want them to remember and um, to hold on to um, with their children and dealing with ADHD? Well, um, you have a wonderful child and they have many strengths and ADHD is just a part of some of the way they exhibit their energy and um, you can um, expect them to grow into wonderful people and 
and I hope you've learned a few things that might help you along the way to uh, make that happen sooner than later. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're needing any support, please don't hesitate to reach out directly to John. You can find his information, um, get in touch with him at kidmatterscounseling.com. Look at the therapist and his email and extension are there. Um, Also, the resources that you mentioned are in the links um, in these show notes for today. But thank you, John. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I am happy to answer any other questions. (laughs) Awesome. Well, all right, folks. Thanks for listening. If you found this conversation useful, please, please don't hesitate to subscribe to this podcast and join me again next time for the Parent Matters podcast. And remember, don't parent alone.